Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Dara Traceder. She's the Chief Marketing Officer at Carbon. Before Carbon, she was previously the CMO at GE Ventures, GE's venture capital arm and GE Business Innovations, focused on new business creation, new market development, and technology licensing. Before GE, Dara led marketing and growth efforts at Apple and Goldman Sachs. Today on the show, we talk about Carbon, where she is today, her Nigerian roots, and some great insightful lessons and mentors she's had along the way in her career. We also talk a little bit about marketing and a campaign that they launched during the Super Bowl of this year, only about four weeks to get that done and the results of that, as well as some really interesting product developments and innovations that Carbon is helping to drive for their business partners like Rydell and Specialized in the bicycle arena. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Dara. Dara, welcome to the show. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I thought we could have a little fun and, and go back in time. I know you grew up in Nigeria, I believe. Yes. I was curious, what do you miss most about that? And, and a friend of mine who is also Nigerian by descent said, he, I should ask what your favorite food is as well. Good question. So uh, I think what I miss most, when I grew up, growing up, we did not have constant electricity. And it's a funny thing to miss 
But I actually do miss it because you you had to unplug and you just had to interact with people. And I have so many fun experiences from all of us just kind of gathering around candlelights or a lantern, just telling stories, singing, just like passing time as a community, as a family. And I really miss that because I think today, you know, with all of our technology devices and our phones, sometimes it's easy to just miss that community and feeling of being together doing nothing, but just spending time together, talking, having great conversations. So I miss that. I try to recreate that with technology-free periods in my home. So I like that. I like that. I wish I could do that more often, frankly. <laughs> Same here. You know, it's a work in progress, but I, I definitely, that's definitely what I miss the most, that sort of community and discussion and just spending time together when there's nothing else to do but spend time together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you have a favorite food from from back in Nigeria? I do. My favorite food is pounded yam. And it's actually made by pounding yams (laughs) with a mortar and a pistol. And I remember growing up, there was a time when my mom was really into me learning how to cook all our traditional foods. And I spent a lot of time like pounding yam. And so every time I get to eat pounded yam, it just takes me back in time, brings feelings of nostalgia and the sense of fulfillment from when I made my first pounded yam that was smooth. And it's also a very filling meal. It's a lot of carbs, but but my favorite food. (laughs) Is it sweet or savory? What's the flavor? It's savory and you eat it with like a vegetable soup. So I I always eat my pounded yam with a soup called eforiro, which is a vegetable soup that you put in a lot of fish and meat and and lots of different kind of good protein. It's very nutritious and I I really enjoy it. (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, I'm going to have to seek that out. It sounds... sounds Yes, if you're ever in the Bay Area, I will have to treat you to some pounded (laughs) yam and eforiro. I love it. I love it. Let's get into business. Let's talk about your business background. Where did you start your career? And then maybe we'll talk about some twists and turns along the way? Yeah, I I started my career, like most people, as an intern. Uh, My first internship was actually on in Washington, D.C. I worked for a think tank, and it was a great experience because it gave me insight into, I learned a lot about how do you take an idea and distill an idea and distribute that idea and disseminate it and have people actually cling to it and start to talk about it. It was interesting. I I did some work where I would pull together and create some documents that would be sent to members of Congress. And so that was kind of a fun, a fun thing to do. But it also made me realize that I I care so much about politics that I shouldn't work in politics. <laughs> it was just like, it seemed like my passion for telling the story. And there's a lot of compromise that has to be done in politics. And it just, I was too much of a purist, if you will. So I decided that I wouldn't stay in politics, but would switch. And that's actually when I started interning at Goldman Sachs. And that's where I began my career and just kind of worked my way up worked my way up there. And initially when I started out at Goldman, I got a chance to sample a bunch of different divisions. And um, I remember actually this partner there telling me, you did a good job investment banking, but where I think you're really great is marketing. And my first instinct was, "Mm, I don't think so. Because (laughs) I know people do not come to an investment bank to work in marketing, right? But I know the people that make all the money are the investment bankers. But it was very insightful. And when I kind of thought about it a little bit, it made sense because at the core of who I am, I'm an analytical thinker, but I'm also a true creative. I love marrying the art and the science. And I think 
you know, for the future of marketing, that's what it's all about. It's all about how can you use data and technology to reach the right people? But how do you communicate and connect with people in a way that truly resonates with them? And it's hard to be able to do both. And that's something that I, I do naturally. So that was how I kind of sort of forayed into marketing and have sort of been there ever since. And you were most recently at GE before Carbon, is that right? Yes, I was at GE. I got the privilege to work for an incredible leader, Sue Siegel, who was then the chief innovation officer, and I was her CMO, so CMO for for the businesses that reported into her, including GE Ventures, which is our corporate venture capital arm. And GE Ventures invested in Carbon. (laughs) So that's how I got to, first of all, meet Joe and and the team here and really fell in love with what they're doing and so um, came on board and joined Carbon last year. Okay. All right. And so you joined, like you said, Carbon is December of last year, right? 2018. What was your charter coming into Carbon? So it was really, it was kind of three key things. I think, first of all, it was really elevating Carbon as a brand. So having people understand who we are, what we do, and most importantly, why it matters, really helping to professionalize our marketing and communication functions. So just, you know, setting up our demand generation, product marketing, uh, internal comms, external comms, really just marketing operations and strategy, right? Our tech stack taking us, we, you know, we've been really a great company in startup mode and it's time to mature as a business. So my charter was really come in, build the brand, help drive growth and make sure that the marketing organization and communications org are set up for success. Got it. Got it. And maybe we should also describe Carbon. What is Carbon? And I understand, I think you talk about it as being in the digital manufacturing industry or creating a digital manufacturing industry. Yeah. So Carbon, we're the world's leading digital manufacturing platform. We help companies accelerate product innovation and create products that make a real difference in the world. And we help companies really craft what the world needs. And we do that by combining innovations in software, hardware, and materials to deliver breakthrough products that improve human well-being, transform industries, and ultimately change the world. Wow. Dara, when was Carbon founded? So Carbon was founded in 2013. So relatively new company. <laughs> yeah, relatively new. And this is not your first startup. So you're in G Ventures, which is kind of about the venture community, but you had your own startup too earlier on in your career, right? Yeah. So I, I started a, an agency, a marketing and innovation agency that really helped companies to drive significant sort of what I call special projects globally. Got it. And uh, I remember the last time we were talking, you talked about a fat startup, which I had never heard the concept of that. (laughs) I would love for you to describe to listeners what a fat startup is versus a lean startup. So before, many, many moons ago, before either New Bridges or my foray into the venture capital community, I tried to start, because of course, this is definitely what the world needed. Um, Not really, I'm being sarcastic, but I tried to start a social media company called Glocal Rewards, which was all about helping people get, make, basically monetize their activity on social media. So if they're able to be influential on social media, they could monetize it by getting these points, I was calling social capital, which they can use to purchase goods and services. It was to help not the traditional influencers who have like millions of followers, but the more sort of micro nano influencers. I think it was an idea ahead of its time. And it was the definition of a fat start. 
startup. So what I mean by a fat startup is where instead of taking a lean approach to, first of all, validate the market, use low cost ways to test and prototype, I tried to build a full fledged solution <laughs> before I'd actually validated and tested it in the market. So that's the definition of a fat startup where you build a product, but you do that prematurely before you've actually done analysis and assessment of what the market needs and what the market is willing to pay. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> and fat startups don't work out for anyone listening. It's not, it's not a good, it's not a thing. It never has been, never will be. I learned the hard way. Uh, I thought we were gonna start a trend of fat startups. Oh man. <laughs> We should. I need the support groups. If you start one, definitely invite me to join. <laughs> okay. All right. I will. I will for sure. So you've you've kind of been in the startup world, in the you know big corporate world, and and I'm assuming that Carbon is more startup than it is big corporate at this point. What drew you to Carbon? What drew you to Carbon itself? Honestly, what drew me to Carbon? The people and the technology. The people here are some of the most incredible. People. I mean, our CEO, Joe DeSimone, what a world-class leader. He is one of the few people in the world who's a member of the National Academy of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. He was given the Presidential Medal for Technology and Innovation by President Obama. He's just an absolute, when it comes to one of the few brilliant minds, he's really one of them. And when I met him, I was like, yes, I want to work for you and be on your team. And he's just an example, one of the several incredible people at the company. So the company is really filled with wonderful people. We have a very strong management team. And the technology, what we're doing and what we're creating is so needed in the world because we help people craft products that the world truly needs, solving these important problems, whether it's how do we make a helmet that truly improves player protection or how do we create create, create running shoes that control energy for the runner, or, or whether it's creating parts that are going to go into space. <laughs> We're working on really important problems, problems that I feel proud about, problems that I can tell my three-year-old about and she's excited, but I can also tell my 90-year-old grandmother and she's equally as excited. So to me, working on true problems that affect our world are going to improve our human experience with the best people, the smartest people who are also kind. That's what drew me to Carbon. Love it. And like you said, you're building products and solutions, I guess, in many different industries and partnerships have to play a big role in that, right? I mean, you're you're an ingredient, I guess, to to other brands and other businesses. Well, use good use of the word ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> so how are those partnerships driving your business? Can you sh and maybe share a couple of examples? You highlighted the helmet. Maybe we could talk about Rydell. Yes, absolutely. So we partnered with Rydell and worked with them. You know, our key customer there was their SVP of R&D and innovation. And Rydell, they've been collecting millions of data points of on-field impacts. And they really wanted to say, how do we translate all that data that we've been collecting into a better performing product. And so through partnership with Carbon, we were able to help them do that. Using data-driven design, we're able to help them take those data points and use that to create 
a better performing helmet. So it's really a, it's a lattice structure made of complex geometries that dissipate energy. And what's amazing about this partnership is not only were we able to give our proprietary software, the lattice engine that allowed them to translate that data into design, but we were also able to help them actually manufacture that complex geometry. There's no other way you can make something like that except through digital light synthesis, which is our proprietary process here at Carbon, where we grow apart from liquid with light and oxygen. It's literally like watching Terminator 2. <laughs> if, you, if you remember that movie where you see that mass of liquid kind of grow, that's what we do here. It's sci-fi, but it, it, it's actually happening. So our technology was able to do that, and we're able to make that using our printers, right, our hardware. And as if all those innovations in themselves are not enough, we also innovated by creating a damping elastomer. So what you have at the end of the day is innovation that's as a result of innovation in software driven by the Lattice engine, hardware printed on our L1 printer with a custom resin, a custom material that's a damping elastomer. That is a platform, like you said. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize it was not only the manufacturing, but the software that allows you to design it and the polymer as well, the actual raw material. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing, right? I'm still as excited about carbon as I was when I first heard about it a few years ago. It's just, it's absolutely brilliant and it's really exciting. And honestly, that's the only way you can really bring these, create these breakthrough products is innovation across those three elements. The software that you use to design, the hardware that you use to make it, and the material from which the product is actually made. Got it. Now, we were talking about Rydell. You start in December of 2018, and by, I'm guessing, early February, you're executing a protected all campaign during Super Bowl weekend. How in the hell did you <laughs> turn something around that quickly? And maybe maybe it was started before you got there, but like that's insane. Yeah, it was not started before I got there. And if you know, I it was it was actually a really funny moment where I was having a conversation with my husband and he was like, well, you're gonna know whether you're really as good as you think you are. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, <laughs> way to put it all out there. But it was it was amazing. You know, my first day was I was actually in New York City with our chief customer officer, a meeting with the NFL and really sort of jumping into the deep end. We knew that we had this partnership with Rydell. We wanted to announce it at the Super Bowl. And so I had four weeks without my team being built fully to really develop and execute the campaign. And I think this is what one of the things I'm so proud of our team here. I just I have I work with the best people just willing to really go 100 and deliver. And so together we in four weeks pull together, create. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It developed, produced, and executed an incredible campaign. And the Protect It All campaign, I'm so proud of it because it was really very well done and really well thought through. Because many times you see at the Super Bowl, of course, it's not just the Super Bowl of football, it's also the Super Bowl of advertising. And everyone's usually promoting a product, but none of the products usually promoted have actually anything to do with the game of football. So this was one of those rare opportunities where we got a chance to promote a product that directly impacts the lives of the people on the field. And so for us, that was really exciting because if you think about it, when people are watching football, what's the elephant in the room? The elephant in the room are the head injuries. And people are concerned about What's happening with this? Several studies showing a decline in people wanting their kids to play football, for example. But we know that football is a beautiful thing. It brings communities together. The teamwork, the discipline helps several young people and children as they're growing up. And so this is something that really needs to be innovated. It's a true problem that needs to be solved. How do we make How do we apply innovation and technology to solve this complicated problem? And so for us, the whole campaign was about how you use innovation and technology to protect the things that you love, the ones that you love, which for us are the players, the players that we love and the game that we love. So we executed and developed this comprehensive campaign that really you know, was full on everything from an activation at Super Bowl to a big push on Twitter with our protect to a push on YouTube and through other social channels and press including Joe, our CEO, being on Mad Money on Friday to kick off Super Bowl weekend. So it was a well-orchestrated, integrated campaign that really looked at how do we get this message and how do we seed this idea of protect it all, but you do it using science and technology. How do we seed that through the world? And so we really thought about all the places where people that are, whether they're watching football or they're enjoying football, they're being a part of that weekend. Where are the places that those people are going to be? And then how do we reach them at those points with a message that resonates with them? So we thought through all of that, and then we created all the assets really quickly and produced them, and then made sure that we executed flawlessly. And the campaign was really a huge success. Yeah, it's a phenomenal effort in itself. But the video that I've watched in particular, I mean, it really describes what you guys do from all the things we've talked about, which is fascinating to your point to see see the parts come out of the liquid, knowing that they were being grown inside of there is crazy. It's still kind of, it's almost like a sci-fi moment, frankly. It really is. And I think that's that was the thing for us too with our campaign. We lean into our technology because we think people actually care about the process. We're in this age of the conscious consumer where people care about the how. (laughs) I think gone are the days where you just give people things and just shove it in their faces and say, don't ask questions, right? Because I told you so. Today's consumer is not like that. They want to know, well, why? How? So we made sure that in our campaign with our messaging, we speak to the consumer. We speak not just, and I always tell people, it's not B2B, it's not B2C, it's B2H. 
business to human. Because at the end of the day, it's a, at least for now, the robots haven't taken over yet. It's a human at the other set, at the other side of the aisle. So it's so important to be able to effectively communicate with that person in language that they understand and that resonates with them. That's awesome. So I know you've got another new product in the works and a partnership, and we're recording this under embargo. So I would love to hear what this is. And by the time this episode, you're hearing this episode, listener, the product is likely in market or launched, I should say. Yes. Actually, the product was just recently launched. So um, the product just came out. So you're hearing it here. And it is a new bike saddle. So we have worked with not one, but two companies to create innovation in bike saddles. So we work with Specialized and essentially worked with them to create these bike saddles that are crafted by carbon. And the wonderful thing about these bike saddles are that, again, crafted by carbon, it uses complex lattice geometries that absorb impact and improve stability. So this can reduce the chance of injury for the rider, but also improves comfort so that the rider can can perform better. Like we like to say, it's performance enhancements you can actually use. And yeah, we launched, we launched, we announced those products under this crafted by carbon ingredient brand. And that's been a hugely successful campaign as well. And I think for us, you know, crafted by carbon, we really want people to understand and know that when a product is crafted by carbon, that's a premium product. That's a product that represents excellence. And and we're really proud of that. Well, that's great. I having I'm not a big rider, but when I do ride, you know the soreness that you feel after the fact. I can't wait to try one of those out at some point in the future. Absolutely, and I think you know if you think about you know the touch points that the rider has with this human powered machine, a bicycle, arguably the greatest human powered machine. The saddle is the most intimate part between the rider and the bike, and so making that an, a delightful experience is so important. And I think the more people cycle, right, that that also improve that that's a good thing in general. And so for us to work on this innovation that we know is not just only good for people, but also good for the planet, we think is really important. That's great. Well, on the show, I always like to get to know the person behind the business, if you will. And in that effort, I'd love to know if there's an experience of your past that defines or makes up who you are today. Yes, there are lots of experiences. Um, But I would say one that really stands out for me was when I was actually leaving Apple to go to GE. So when I was interviewing with my, who became my boss, who's a phenomenal leader, Sue Siegel, learned so, so, so much from her. When I was interviewing with Sue, I was pregnant, very pregnant. I was in my third trimester. But you could dress up so you couldn't really tell. And I remember everybody saying, "There's do not bring this up. Do not talk to her about it. She can't ask you about it. It's illegal. And I remember I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell her. And that was important to me because for me, I wanted to, for three things. One, I wanted to be able to I'm a very open person. That's just my style. And so it was inauthentic to me not to be open about something that was obviously really important. The second thing was I knew the kind of leader that I wanted to work for. And if this was a leader that this was going to be a big problem for, then that was important for me to know. And I would say the third thing was I thought to myself, this is a risk. 
right? Telling her on the first date, like my mom was telling me, you don't need to tell everyone everything on the first date. This is your first meeting with her. You can keep it for now. But I thought to myself, I said, you know what? I want to take this risk because I think that if I'm open, I think this, if this is meant to be, it will build trust. The fact that I'm telling her something that I don't need to be telling her so early on. And it really did just that. First of all, the way her face lit up with excitement for me and we connected because she herself had done a big career move right after having her second child. And so it was it was actually a moment that really brought us together. And I think that experience always stands out to me because it really speaks. It stands out to me for, you know, three key reasons. One, it reminds me of the importance of trust. I feel like trust is just this really important asset that we don't always think about, but I think is so critical, whether it's trust between a brand and a consumer, or it's trust between an employer and an employee, or it's trust between a person and the technology that they're going to use. I think trust is something that's important to build. It's it's important to nurture and it's important to protect. And so I always, when I think about that experience, it reminds me of that. The second thing that it does is it highlights the importance of leadership and being a great leader. I think in that moment, the response that I got, the positive response, the affirming response, it actually instilled confidence in me as a woman and as a female leader. It made me feel for the first time ever that I could be a mom without compromising my career. And it was really life affirming to me. And the fact that someone could do that for me, to me is so important that I do that for other people. And it shows the power of just one interaction. (laughs) You can have the way you treat others. There is a multiplier effect of that. So that was really, really stood out to me. And this is in this example, but across several examples, I think that same principle holds true. And then I would say the third thing that really stood out to me is the importance of taking risks. To me, this was kind of a big risk because it was a job that I wanted and I didn't even know if the person even wanted me yet. This person doesn't even really know me yet. But I thought to me it was a risk worth taking. And I think that it's just a constant reminder of how in our lives and in our careers and even in the marketing that we do, we need to be able to take risks because if you're not willing to take some risks, it's hard to, whether it's deepen that relationship or go that that step further. So those are the things that kind of stand out to me from that experience. I love it. And thank you for sharing. That's that's a great story. And what a great leader to your point and Sue and her response. And did you know that she had had a, a No, a I didn't. And- I didn't. I had no idea. So, you know, so now, you know, now I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, you built that deeper relationship with someone, which would have otherwise been hard to do in, in an interview situation. So, well, great. Well, what advice would you give to your younger self if you're doing, you know, starting your career all over again? I think be really picky about who you work for. I think that's so important because I think many times it's so easy to just think about the company or the brand or the even the location. And those while those things are all important, I think the most important thing is actually who you're working for. Is that person willing to invest in you? Are they willing to give you opportunities to learn? Are they a partner in your career journey? And I think that's so important. And I think if I could go back in time, that's something that I would have paid a lot more attention to. And so that's definitely advice I'd give, I'd give my younger self is really think about, is this someone that I want to be a partner on this journey of my career? 
Well, what fuels you? What keeps you going today? Well, what fuels me are my two little kids. They drive me um, sometimes literally by like coming to my bed at like 5 a.m. and waking me up. But, um, you know, I think it's my family, right? I love being a mom. I love also just being able to kind of show my daughter, who's also obviously a, a girl of color, the fact that you can have a career, you can advocate for yourself, you can lead and, and you know, you're not going to be perfect all the time and that's okay. And you can learn from your mistakes. And so I think just really trying to be a person that my children can be proud of and look up to drives me on a personal level. And I think the other thing that really drives me is the desire to make an impact. I want to feel like I have impacted people's lives and done something that was worth doing. I always talk about how I think of work as not just work, but my life's work. <laughs> and so at the end of the day, can I look back and say, yeah, Dara, she touched these people. She impacted these people, whether it's the people on my team, it's the people in my company, or it's my family. I want to make sure that I'm leaving a positive impact on the people that I'm engaging with. Well, I know marketers tend to be kind of students of what's going on around them in the world. And I'm curious if there's any brands or companies or causes that you follow or you think other people should take notice of. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I love Adidas. Obviously, they're a partner of us and a customer of ours. But I think that one of the things that I love about Adidas is I love I love how they pursue innovation. I think that they really have this belief in what they call open source, right? Working with others. And I think that's that's a really important concept of how do you partner and work with others to move things forward and drive things forward and truly innovate as opposed to always thinking innovation has to only be from inside, but being able to kind of build that ecosystem of partners that can help to drive your partnership. And I love what they've done, not only with what they've done with Carbon, but also with Parlay, with around the work around sustainability and reclaiming plastic from oceans and using that to power their products that they're making. So I think that collaboration is really, really important. And I also think a lot of the leadership that they're playing when it comes to sustainability and how they're thinking about that. And, and they truly care about that. And you can see that even when you walk into the company, you know, there are no plastic bottles anywhere. It's not just something they say, but it's something they really live and breathe on a daily basis. And that authenticity and true connectivity between brand and culture, I love what they're doing there as well. That's awesome. That's a great example. Last question for you. What do you see as the future of marketing? Where do you think it's going? I think the future of marketing is one that's ambidextrous. So one that is driven by art and science. I talk a lot about a phrase that I've, I've coined. It, quite has, it hasn't quite taken off yet. I think of it as like fetch in that Mean Girl movie, like where they go, fetch will never happen. But I talk about, you know, a venture futurist mindset. And what I mean by that is, what's a venture capitalist? A venture capitalist is someone who is building a portfolio of ideas. And a futurist is someone who's always looking at what's next, thinking of how technology will impact society and humans for generations to come. And so this venture futurist mindset is where you're building a portfolio of ideas with an eye to the future. And I think marketing really has to take that role because I think that's how you really paint the future vision for your brand, for your company and push things forward, pushing the envelope. And I think that's so important. So I think the future of marketing, and I think that's how you're going 
going to drive growth. That's how you're going to create categories. That's how you're going to improve communications and build that connection between the brand, the company, and whether it's the brand and the consumers or the employees and the company. And so I think having a venture futurist mindset is going to be really important for the future of marketing. I love that concept. So listeners, remember that term and you heard it here first. <laughs> Let's make it happen, guys. <laughs> Let's make it happen. And girl. <laughs> so, um, well, Dara, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners, and you can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes with links to anything we talk about on any episode. You can also search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.